This is just something that I wanted to get online super fast because I didn't want you guys to miss out because it's the weekend. And I know some of you really put that time aside to, to hear the word of God and to, you know, to listen in because you're not able to be back in service with us yet. And there's Jen in the background. Wave, Jen. You can, you can be in the background. That's okay. You guys have probably seen my puppies going in and out during the background too. So um, I just want to take time though and um, make sure that we kind of just um, <clears throat> review just a little bit. Um, oh, first, I forgot to tell you, small groups will be happening this fall. Yay. So I really want to make sure that you... Um, you get uh, to be a part of those. So sign up, start at the church. We're gonna try to do it on the website. We're doing a major overhaul of our website and, and social media and all that good stuff. And um, so we really want you to take the time uh, to, to make sure you keep up on that. And, and if we can't get it on, online to you know call in and let me know, hey, I wanna be a part of a small group, what do you got? And we'll make sure that you're part of that. Uh, this small group session this fall is only going to be five sessions. It's going to be two in October, two in November, and one in December. So make sure that you uh, avail yourself to that. Because small groups and homes is where it all happens. I really believe that. So we've been talking about healing, right? We've been talking about the healing power of God. We've been talking about... Uh, that it belongs to us. We've been talking about in Isaiah 53, 4, and 5 last week that you cannot be forgiven without being healed and you can't be healed without being forgiven. They are absolutely tied together, according to Isaiah 50. I don't have time to go back back into last week's message, of course, uh, but just go ahead and review that if you didn't get a chance. It's on our YouTube channel, which you're on right now, obviously. So um, I wanted to bring you into... Um, some of the gospels I've been, I've been sharing with you and teaching you how important it is and what I've begun to do that has so much helped me. Oh my gosh, because healing has always been a challenge for me to receive and I don't know why. Finances, no big deal. I can believe God for whatever he puts in my heart and it doesn't even faze me. It's easy, but healing has been a challenge for me. I'm not going to lie to you. I've, I've really struggled like with headaches for a long time and, and the Lord, I said, Lord, there's nothing I can do to earn this. I realize that. There's nothing I can do. It's been paid for and given to me. What do I need to do to access it? Just if it's nothing and just sit back and trust you, that's great. Guess what? It's nothing and sitting back and saying, I totally trust you, Jesus. I totally trust that when my sins were forgiven, my body was made provision for, and by his stripes, we can be healed. I've watched this pandemic do a couple things. It's, it's, uh, it's caused us to have to reevaluate what we believe and, and reevaluate our values. But on the negative side, what I've seen it do is I've seen uh, the pandemic cause people to get in fear. And even some, you know, and, and, and maybe you're not in fear and you're really operating in wisdom. Only you and Jesus know that and it's none of my business. That's between you and God and I'm going to love and respect and, and show kindness toward all the opinions because you guys know we've got every opinion under the sun when it comes to what's going on in our world right now. And the Lord just told me, just love people and accept them where they're at. That's what I'm doing. 
But the concern I have is that people get past its wisdom and they get into fear of getting COVID. That can be, there's never a right time to be in fear, ever. Healthy respect that we know, okay, we're gonna be smart. We're gonna do certain things, that's fine. But when it starts, it can real easy shift into fear and we don't even realize that's happening. So I thought, you know what? We need to teach about the healing power of God. You know, I know uh, of a couple in our church right now, an older couple in our church right now that has, you know, all the symptoms of what's going on with COVID and they're very elderly. They're recovering. I praise God for that. They know Jesus and you guys know who you are. You can see me right now. You know who you are. I love you and love you more. They'll know who I am. But they're coming through it and they're healing and they're getting stronger each day. And I absolutely believe it's because they have their trust put in the Lord Jesus for their healing. So even when they got it at a very elderly age that it was, or, or whatever it is that they're dealing with, you know, um, whatever it is, they're trusting Jesus and they've got family that's surrounding them and we're checking in on them and they're getting better and doing well. So I want you to know, you don't have to be afraid of anything this world tries to put fear in us about. And I know there's just fear sells, guys. Fear sells. Bottom line, that's what most of the news is about fear because it sells. So we've got to sure ourselves up in what we believe and what we trust in. So let's go right here and, and get in on Luke chapter eight. What I've been doing lately, and I've been encouraging you to do it, is I've been telling you, I really want to encourage you, get into the gospels and read the 19 accounts that Jesus healed somebody. Never ever did he say, no, I'm not sure, maybe, never. He said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Jesus said, okay, if that's where you're at, I am willing, be cleansed. They broke through the roof because they couldn't get this one paralytic into Jesus, set him before Jesus. Jesus said, your sins are forgiven. Your sins are forgiven. Why would Jesus have said that? The reason Jesus said that is he was removing the problem with that individual. That individual somehow didn't believe they were worthy to even receive old covenant blessings, which included healing in the old covenant. So Jesus saw the problem and said, your sins are forgiven. And then he said, so you know that I have power on earth to forgive sins? Get up and walk. And the guy walked. So Jesus always met people right where they were at. So understand this. If you've had a problem receiving healing or, or you know, a, a chronic problem that you've been trusting and believing God for for a while, don't get frustrated. Don't believe that it's never gonna happen for you. Keep on feeding on his word, feeding on his word. And that's what we're gonna do today, okay? So Luke 8, 40 through 55, we won't get through all of it. Uh, we'll get through part of it. But Luke 8, 40 says this. So it was when Jesus returned that the multitude welcomed him for they were all waiting for him. And behold, there came a man named Jairus and he was the ruler of the synagogue and he fell down at Jesus' feet and begged him 
to come to his house. For he had an only daughter, about 12 years of age, and she was dying. Now this man felt, and, and he put it out before Jesus, if you'll come to my house, she'll be healed. That was his stipulation. Now let's think about it a minute. The Bible doesn't say anywhere that he'll come to your house. The Bible says that he's made provision for us in this covenant of healing, and we are to receive that as the children's bread. So this man's script, if you will, is like, Jesus, I know you can do it, but you have to come to my house. So what did Jesus do? He went to his house. Jesus will meet you right where you're at, I am convinced. He felt that unless Jesus came to his house, his daughter would die. And the idea was, is as he was going to his house, the rest of this story unfolds. But as he went, the multitudes thronged him. Now, let me ask you something. How many of you have used the word thronged in conversation in the last week or two? <laughs> Not a word that we use, right? I mean, so, so what does it mean? This is what it means. It means to crowd around and crush. So if you can imagine the crowds, like mass crowds, crowding in and crushing Jesus, right? It says this. Now, a woman having a flow of blood for 12 years who spent all her livelihood on physicians and could not be healed by any came from behind and touched the border of his garment and immediately her flow of blood stopped. And Jesus said, who touched me? When all denied it, Peter and those with him said, Master, the multitudes throng and press you. The, in other words, the multitudes are crushing you. They're crowding you. And you're asking who touched me? Seems weird, right? Who touched me? But Jesus said, somebody touched me for I perceive power went out from me. Now let's look at what this word touch means, okay? Jesus said, somebody started a fire in me. One of the definitions. Somebody held on to seize and grasp me. Someone touched me with a firm hand. That's what Jesus was saying when somebody touched me. And then he said, um, he goes on to say, Somebody touched me for I perceive power went out from me. Check out what power means. Ability to perform an activity, mighty deed, miracle, supernatural power. Look at this for a minute with me, guys. Jesus said that ability to perform an activity, mighty deed, a miracle, supernatural power came out of me. Now, I've ministered under the anointing before and sense it when it goes out of me. It's an, it's an, uh, I'm in awe of it because it's like the power of God. You know, it's not you, it's Jesus, right? So I can understand what Jesus was saying with that power was drawn out of him. It's kind of like when I minister sometimes when people are really hungry to hear the word and they're leaning forward, it's like so much more gets pulled out of me than when people just come and and we can all do it. Let's face it. I've done it. You've done it. Come to service and you think, I have no idea what he preached on. <laughs> you know, I mean, let's be real. We've all done that before. And then I've been where I've been hungry and I'm on like on the edge and 
and God's pouring stuff into me left and right has a lot to do with us too. We got to remember that. We got to be in that anticipation and that, Jesus, what do you have for me today? And so I think it would be wrong um, of us looking at this woman who did this. Well, let's read this verse 47, then I'll, then I'll read another scripture. Now, when the woman saw that she was not hidden, she came trembling and falling down before him. She declared to him in the presence of all the people, the reason she had touched him and how she was healed immediately. Well, it doesn't tell us the reason in this account, but in Mark chapter five, verse 25 through 30, it tells us the reason. Let's go there. Now, a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years, the same story, different account, Mark's account, and had suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind in the crowd and touched his garment for she said, three huge words, for she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up. She felt in her body that she was healed of her affliction. And Jesus immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out from him, turned around in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? The idea here in the Greek is, for she kept on saying. That's the idea. It's not like she just said once. She kept on saying. And what we would call this is meditation. Now, Eastern culture gets meditation. Western culture thinks it's weird. So let's kind of define it. What is meditation? Meditation is to chew over and over again, speaking and saying what you believe. So to chew over and over again, this is kind of gross, but it's it's really the meaning and the, the idea behind it. It's like a cow. He's chewing, 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 and it becomes cud, I guess that's the word for it. You know, I'm such a farmer and such a farm guy. But anyway, um, and then he puts it away somewhere and then brings it out again and chews it again. That's the idea. By saying, seeing, reading and hearing from what you're saying and what you're seeing, something supernatural happens. And that's what she was doing. For she kept saying, if only I can, that was her stipulation. Guess what? All these stories, almost all of them, seem to have some type of stipulation that these people put forward that this is how I'm gonna get it. This is gonna be my handle to grab hold of this. Because remember, healing was an old covenant blessing, not just a new covenant blessing, okay? So if we go back there, meditation actually means that. Meditation does a couple things. It establishes God's truth in your heart um, and it debunks religious strongholds that we have. Can I tell you something? I don't wanna disappoint you, but here it goes. All of us have religious sacred cows that we don't even realize we believe until the Lord illuminates them and helps us and changes us. I want to encourage you. There's, there's some things that you may have been struggling with and no matter what you've done over and over again, you keep on failing at it. Let me give you, for instance, for me, up until about eight years ago, I had the most difficult time and I mean, I tried with every piece of willpower in me. 
I tried forever to be consistent and diligent and disciplined in my study of the word and prayer and worship, fellowship with God. I didn't think of it as fellowship. I thought of it as duties that I needed to do. And I tried everything I knew and just I could never get fully diligent and consistent like I am today um, in those things. And that how I love to seek God today and sometimes have to pull myself away because I got to get into the day and there's business things that I have to tend to as well. But back then I didn't, I didn't understand why. And one morning I had gone away uh, to a church to kind of glean from them and stuff. And I was in my hotel room. And the moment I woke up, the Lord said this to me, like the moment I woke up, do you know why you don't like to seek me? I, I was kind of like, okay, good morning, God. And second of all, I've never really thought that I don't like to seek you. But the more I thought about it, I thought, I don't enjoy seeking God. That is so scary. You know, especially when you're a pastor. <laughs> What's going on? You know, I know I love God. I know I, I love his presence, but what is up? And, and I said, no, Lord, I really don't know why. I've tried so hard to be consistent and diligent. I don't know why. And he said this to me, because you don't understand and believe that the moment that you say, Father, I'm there. You think that you have to pray hard or really study for a long time before I actually show up and you sense and experience me. And he said, it's the lie that has robbed you of so many things in your life. Wow, that was, um, I've heard it said that one word from God can change the rest of your life. That changed the rest of my life. And now I'm all about an experience with Jesus. I want that for you. I don't want it to be some religious, stupid ritual that you're keeping. I want you to grab hold of, of the truth of all those things and experience Jesus in such a way that you're just not bored with your Christianity. If you're bored with your Christianity, you're not experiencing him. Let me say that again. If you're bored in your Christianity and it's like, eh, oh, hum, whatever, you're not experiencing Jesus. Because if you're experiencing Jesus consistently, man, there's nothing boring about it. It's, it's amazing. Let me go to Romans 10, 17. It says this, and I'm gonna probably end on this scripture. Everybody knows this. We've heard it for years. Romans 10, 17. So then, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Let me say this. We don't put God's word in our heart because it's something we should do or have to do. We don't put God's word in our heart to get God to give us those blessings. All those blessings are bought and paid for in Christ Jesus. And when I got forgiven, I got healed. I got prospered. I got filled with joy. I got filled with peace. I have it all already. There's nothing I can do. All I'm trying to do is I'm trying to connect to the experience of that promise by pouring God's word in my heart. And the Bible says, renewing my mind.
changing the way that I think, the way that I operate. So that's what we're trying to do with faith. We're trying to put the word of God in our heart, not so that, well, now God will bless me because I did my part. No, it's I'm connecting with God's promise, the experience of God. I just really think this is a word for you. Sit back, enjoy, and be released from fear. And 1 John 4, 18 tells us, perfect love casts out all fear. When we experientially experience Jesus' love, and he opens up our eyes to see truth. Oh my gosh. In, in his word, when he opens up your eyes and all of a sudden, oh, the love of God pours over you. That's what we're after. We wanna keep fear out so that we can operate in the power of the Holy Spirit. Let me pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for my friends that are at home. I thank you, Father, you're filling them with, with a, a love and understanding of your love and with this uncanny faith that it tells us about in Romans 12, 3, that you've dealt to every person the measure of faith. That already lives and abides in us. We just need to develop it and to feed it. And so we thank you for that, Lord. I thank you that your healing provision is for everyone. I thank you that I call families healed, whole and well, strengthened, full of grace, empowered. Father, I thank you for your goodness and your mercy, for your strength, for your favor to surround each family like a shield. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Everybody said, amen, amen. God bless you. Hey, listen, uh, just so you know, uh, with our building, um, we're in the permitting phase, uh, hoping that uh, uh, renovations will start in October. So if you could be praying and believing with us along that line, and we've already had a little over $8,000 come in, yes, of the $50,000 that we're believing for in the next six months. Uh, let's just say by the month of February, we're believing for uh, so that we can get in, uh, immediately purchase that building. That's our, that's our goal. We're not gonna lease it uh, for one more minute than we have to. We're gonna immediately purchase it. So that's why we have a goal of raising 50,000 right now so that we can save the money that's in the bank to buy the building. So um, we're doing that. We're asking you, please pray with us and believe with us. God's so big, he can do this. It's no big deal. And then just listen to what the Holy Spirit tells you to do and be obedient. That's what Jennifer and I are doing. Uh, that's what others I've talked to are doing. Some people are giving on a weekly basis. Some people have given one big chunk. Whatever God uses and does. And listen, make sure you understand and know we have our faith and our trust completely in Jesus and trust in him to do everything to bring us into a place where we're uh, able to reach and influence more and more people. It's exciting. Hey, thanks so much. Uh, if you'd like to give, uh, you can do so online, thechapelocala.com or text 84321. Uh, would love to hear from you uh, by a text. You know my phone number. It's 352-229-1319. If you need anything, keep us in the loop on what you're uh, praying about and praying for. 
and we will see you really soon. We're looking forward to it. We'll be in the First Love building, of course, next week at six o'clock. God bless you. Talk to you soon.